Welcome back as we continue on. Jimmy B and TC taking you up until 6 o'clock here tonight. And Jimmy B stopping by. We got some announcements coming in the next couple of days. Jimmy B and myself, uh, well, we'll let you know. and We'll keep you up to date on everything. In fact, uh, a big announcement coming tomorrow, 1245, with myself and Ken Miller. We'll let you know mm-hmm. uh, some of the changes coming here. And all good stuff, certainly, and more local programming. Always a good thing there. Jimmy B, how you doing today, my man? Everything's good, pal. I'm ready to rock. Let's kind of get into what took place with Iowa and Iowa State. You and I uh, resurrected ourselves with our picks, so I'm feeling pretty good today. I was above 500, but I was not as nearly as good as you were, Jimmy B, as you were perfect. 5-0, and oh, Jim Brinson. You're still below Thank 500 you. on the year. <laughs> 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 yes, but for one week, I, I, I can brag for yes, one week. You can beat your chest. You had them all. You had Iowa yes. State, Iowa, North Dakota State, Chiefs, and Vikings. You swept yep. the board a perfect 5-0 and week, and we'll continue that on Fridays here on Jimmy B and TC. Well, Jim, let's uh, get into what we saw over the weekend. Iowa and Iowa State both going on the road and getting victories, both in impressive fashion. Let's start with the Cyclones and Brock Purdy. He comes out there, second series. It looked like it was just going to be that, two series. And then we'll see what happens. He took the football and completely changed that offense for the Cyclones. Well, I talked to some people uh, before he played high school uh, out in Arizona. And they said that they told me that they weren't really that shocked. I mean, they were surprised, you know, how well he threw the entire game. Uh, for over 300 yards and the touchdowns that he put up. But they always said that they knew the kid really had game, really had skills as a quarterback, leadership skills as well as mental and athletic skills to you know guide a team. And so they were pleasantly surprised but not shocked. Not like I think most Cyclone fans when he entered the game and then all of a sudden uh, looked like the second coming of Patrick Mahomes. So this is, I think, a very pleasant surprise for Matt Campbell and the rest of the coaching staff. They've been struggling to kind of get the offense off the schneid. No David Montgomery. And look, I know it's only a one-game sample, Trent, but wow, what a sample. Uh, at, a, at a place where they haven't won in what feels like forever at Oklahoma State, And this kid, a freshman, walks in and decides, hey, I'm just going to let it go. Uh, And played with the confidence of a veteran-type player at that position. And I think essentially, even if Kyle Kemp does come back and is starting to round into being healthy, Campbell's going to have to make a decision. And I got a feeling that decision is going to be Brock Purdy. Yeah, I think it's a pretty easy decision. I, I think, yeah. you know, the limitations that you have with, with Kyle Kempton, you know, the memories the Oklahoma win last year, that will live on for a long, long time. But you just look at the running ability, how much more that offense was able to generate. Just having that, uh, the, the beautiful fake pass play on the option where he kept mm-hmm. it himself and ran in from 30 yards away. He, he was incredible, uh, just his ability to go out there and do that. I think they have their quarterback and they figured it out. And, you know, going back, you know, Alabama was after him and, and different programs that were after him, Texas A&M, late in the process. Recruiting can be an interesting animal. Iowa State, they went in, they were in on him early, and obviously they got the commitment there. 
looks like they have their quarterback for the future and, and plenty more pieces to build around with that. And it completely changes just the outlook now of Iowa State. I, we talked about the last couple of weeks. Over this three-game stretch at TCU, at Oklahoma State, and West Virginia, it felt like they had to get one. They had to at least get one of those games yes. to get into bowl contention. Now they have that. And with, with West Virginia coming in this weekend, suddenly I go from, oh boy, how, how tough this is going to be. I love the Cyclones going into this week. Mm-hmm. I, look, I, I don't think they're going to go away anytime easy. And I think West Virginia is in for a real battle. And look, you and I both like Will Greer, the, the quarterback at, at West Virginia. He's a terrific player. But if Iowa State can crank that offense up, uh, they can hang with West Virginia. And who knows, they might even pull off the upset, Trent. Yeah, it wouldn't come as a shocker here. No. Iowa State gets the job done and does it on the road. Third consecutive road victory over a top 25 opponent. That's pretty impressive, too. From Iowa State, let's go next north of the borders. We head up to Minnesota where Iowa went in and controlled the football game. There were some head-scratching moments that interception late in the first half by Nate Stanley, about as bad of a decision as you're going to find on a college football field. But here we are, Jimmy B, and Iowa gets another victory. Pretty impressive performance. Stanley's got it going through the air. You look back at his last three games now, he's throwing the football real well compared to where he was the first couple of games. I agree with that assessment, uh, absolutely. His confidence seems to be uh, pretty much back. Uh, Look, this was a beat-up, banged-up, Minnesota team uh, that doesn't have a quarterback, doesn't have a running back, lost players both on the offensive line and defensive line and in their secondary. Uh, so they're kind of piecing uh, the, the pieces of the puzzle together with scotch tape and bubble gum. And Iowa did what I expected them to do, and that was go in and pound the Gophers. And they did that. And they did it uh, in such a fashion that if you're a Hawk fan, you would have to be extremely pleased with what you saw in that game and give you great confidence heading into the next road game as well. And look, this is this is a team, Trent, that you and I have discussed, that if they could find any offensive mojo whatsoever with the defense that they have, you would think that this team could go on a heck of a winning streak. And maybe now the offense, at least at least against Minnesota, it appears that the offense has now caught up to where the defense already was. And I, I think I think the Hawks are primed right now uh, to have a nice finish to this uh, to this college football season. Let's say Iowa goes nine and three. Nine okay. and three. That's not going to end up in Indianapolis. Three losses in the conference. I don't see. Wisconsin losing four games. Let's say that happens. Lose to Penn State, lose one other game in there. Okay. What would you call this Iowa football season? I call it pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, nine and three yeah. is is really yeah, good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd I'd say that's very successful. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not excellent. Mm-hmm. But but we neither one of us picked them to be excellent. I did. So I did. I, would, I, I did, Jim. I, you, you picked them to be excellent? I picked them to win the West. Whoa. I guess I forgot about that. Okay. All right. Uh, but at 9-3, and three, I don't see why fans should be, you know, totally disappointed. Not I totally mean, if you, if disappointed, look- but the, here's, the, here's what I'm getting to. Here, here's my point okay. with this. 
there was such a great opportunity. You know, watching Wisconsin-Nebraska, Wisconsin's yep. not the same team. This is not a great Wisconsin team. They're a good Wisconsin team. I, I, they're good. They're good, but not great. Correct. The opportunity was there, and I think that's one. What's going to linger? They go on and have a really nice year. Even take it a step further and go ten and two. Two losses. Okay. Your only losses to Wisconsin, Penn State. I mean, that's that's a really good season. Yet I think it's going to feel just a little bit like a loss, like like a year that what could have been because mm-hmm. of you look at Wisconsin the way that game unfolded, the mistakes that were made in that game. Because I think this Iowa team is really good. But if you're not playing in Indianapolis, you're not, you don't have that momentum, you didn't get over the hurdle that is Wisconsin, it's going to feel like a loss season. Even at 9-3 and three or even 10-2, and two, it could have that kind of feeling. You get where I'm going? Yeah, I do. I, I see that. I, I can understand that uh, because there were such high hopes uh, going into that Wisconsin game. And they had them on the ropes, mm-hmm. and then Wisconsin decided, okay, time's running out. It's time for us to play Wisconsin football. And then they took it to Iowa in the last uh, fourth quarter. So, and Iowa didn't have an answer. So I, I get that, but they still have Penn State. And I know what we watched when we saw Penn State uh, play Ohio State to a whisker. And Ohio State getting a one-point win. And Penn State looked really, really good. And I believe, Trent, they are really, really good. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean if Iowa has made that quantitative leap to the next level that they couldn't go to Happy Valley and win there. I mean, they could. It's not a foregone conclusion that Penn State is going to beat them. You wouldn't think so, no. Uh, Iowa... With the way the offense is rolling there, the run game didn't get going, which is a little bit concerning, I think, going forward, and that's something I'm sure that's going to have a lot of consideration this week. And the other thing, Jim, just how banged up they are, uh, especially at the linebacker group. So now they lose Jack Hockaday, who's going to be out for at least a little while. We'll see, and we'll probably get more confirmation on that tomorrow. Outside linebacker, we know about what happened out there. As Nick Neiman, or Ben Neiman, no, Nick Neiman, I had it right, went down. Barrington Wade was listed as a starter. Instead, now Monty Hooker is actually going to be your outside linebacker. And then yeah, they I went and put that. Geno Stone uh, playing safety. So you have that. Amadi Jones, who would normally take over for Hockaday at middle linebacker, who played pretty well, I thought, after that injury. Well, he gets ejected in the final couple minutes of the game for targeting. So he has to sit out the first half of this week's game against Indiana. It is just so many moves, moving parts and a position group that didn't have a lot of experience. The good news, I guess, is that these guys are all getting some experience out there right now. But, Jim, you got to wonder, the true freshman, Dylan Doyle, coach, uh, the strength and conditioning coach, uh, Chris Doyle's son, Seth Benson, if we're going to see those true freshmen out there a little bit, and after the true freshman at the cornerback position played well on Saturday at times against Minnesota, a lot of young guys getting playing time on that defense. Uh, There are, and I will caution, after watching Indiana play against Ohio State and staying in that game at the horseshoe, even though it's not a horseshoe anymore, uh, but still at Ohio State, um, I I just think that Hawk fans, you just better not be overconfident because this could be a game that the Hoosiers find a way to hang in there until you get deep into the fourth quarter. It seems that they can move the football, mm-hmm. and so 
I'm, I'm just not going to say, well, all they got to do is just show up and walk into the stadium and uh, Indiana's going to fold their tent and go home. I don't see it like that, Trent. I think they are going to have to play, meaning the Hawks, a similar game to what we saw at Minnesota in order to win. Well, and I think Indiana is better than Minnesota. In fact, I think considerably yeah, I yes. better than Minnesota. So you're going to have to have that performance ratchet up. We talk about the injuries and and the inability to run the football. In Indiana, you know, a few years back, you go back, and they were just so bad defensively. They've improved on that side of the football. Plus, that environment, I mean, there are a ton of Iowa fans up there at TCF Bank. It is going to be a sleepy environment in Bloomington, Jimmy B. You've seen these games throughout the year. Yes. You have to create your own excitement to get up for it. This is, it'll be interesting to see how the Hawks travel. And if indeed there's a pretty good-sized contingent going to Bloomington, uh, I could see that happening, Trent. I don't know if it would turn into kind of like uh, a Hawks home game if they had that many people there. But it would sure feel uh, like, like there'd be plenty of support for the Iowa football team uh, come Saturday. I could see that taking place. Jimmy B, we'll let you get out of here. Have a good one. We'll talk again tomorrow. All right, pal. Thank you so much as we continue Jimmy B and TC right here on the Big Talker 1700. Welcome back. Jimmy B and TC continues on taking up until 6 o'clock tonight. We welcome in a voice. You're going to be hearing more. More on that in the coming days. we got some big announcements here. Wolfgang joins me on a Monday. Wolfgang, how would you enjoy the football this weekend? Can you at least give me a nugget on that? Nope. Ooh, your teeth, huh? You're Announcement like tomorrow at 12.45 about uh, an increase in our local programming here. And we got a whole lot more on tap, and we'll be unveiling things as the week goes on. But, well, you know it. We just can't say it right now. Tomorrow, 12.45. Listen in. We'll get you more. How about that? I'm excited, dude. I cannot wait to hear this. Cannot wait. Thank you, Trent. Yes. Thank you, sir. Yes. Well, we have outside of programming things, uh, plenty to get into here today. Let's start with Iowa State. The Cyclones go on the road, and for the third consecutive time, taking on a top 25 team on the road, they beat a top 25 team on the road. How about Brock Purdy and Iowa State? It's an amazing um, difference what one week, what one week makes, Trent. I'm sitting here like we're talking like last week. We're putting ourselves in the mind of home fans and saying they got no shot. And we're sitting here breaking down the schedule, going one and one. We're Wing and Elling stuff with the Iowa State Cyclones trend. And we're just we're having trouble figuring out how they make a bowl. Now, I sit there and watch that game. I've watched it twice now, Trent. Watched it twice. And it's one of those things where it's Monday, right? So you try not to get too crazy. But I like getting crazy. Purdy looks freaking awesome. And you and I went back and forth on the whole Kemp versus Jeb debate, or excuse me, Zeb debate. Mm -hmm. I think you liked that, and you were like, this is not even a question. I thought it was a question. I ended up agreeing with you. No offense. No offense to you, man. I ended up agreeing with you. I did. I thought, yes, I love his arm. He's a sophomore. This is this year, junior, senior. Zeb has three years to start. If they're even, you go with Zeb, man. You've got a three-year starter. Kemp is more accurate, it looks like. Um, I like him. He's had the two best wins in how long, Trent? What would you say? How many years? Oh. <laughs> two top five wins, right? Yeah. Oklahoma yeah. was yeah. three, I think. 
at Oklahoma, for God's sake. Right. Which never happens. And I told you, I looked that up. Mm-hmm. Before the Oklahoma game, Iowa State, it was the worst rivalry, quote-unquote rivalry, in college sports. Iowa State had the worst record against Oklahoma, and it's probably still the same. I think you make fun of me after that game. But it, they had Iowa State had the worst record percentage-wise versus Oklahoma in any major college conference, and they still do. And they beat them. That's a pretty good win. Then they beat TCU last year with Kent as well. So what do you do, man? This is one of those weird things. And I want to go off on Purdy in a second, but what would you do? Do you mind if I ask you that? Do you like being nailed down like that or do you hate that? No, it doesn't bother me at all. It, you've, you've learned, Wolfgang, it doesn't take a whole I, – I don't get really fired up about being put on the spot. It's fine. Don't worry about things like that. If, if I was in that place, it, same thing. Like I said with Zeb Nolan, same thing with Brock Purdy. He's my guy now. And Kyle Kempty, you did a lot for this program, but the future <laughs> is here. And the future, well, I said two weeks ago with Zeb Nolan, wrong, is Brock, <laughs> is yes, Brock Purdy. Are you not pumped? Are you not pumped? Watching that kid play. He was awesome, wasn't he? I'm trying not to get too – you go for a second. I want you to get – I want you to do a little thing. I'm starting here earlier with you and Ken Miller. Please listen from 12 to 2. But, oh, my God, was that fun to, fun to watch. Fun to watch. The dude has it. Yep. IT in – Quotation marks. Agreed or not? Well, there's no doubt. And it's something difficult to measure. Wolfgang, you and I, we enjoy analytics. Sometimes we wonder about the validity of analytics, but I like having those kind of conversations. I like looking at the numbers and, and seeing if they say what I see with my eyes. But Brock Purdy is more than just the numbers. And completing, what was it, 19 to 24 for 300 plus yards and four touchdowns, that's all great. But you mentioned that it factor. That's not going to come out of a computer screen. You're not going to be able to find, you know, you can't measure it. It's the intangible part of it. But there's no doubt. I completely agree with you there. There's something about this guy. He's got a little wiggle, a little shimmy to him, a little shake. He gets people fired up. He is so much fun to watch, and you can tell he's that kind of leader. Even as a freshman, people want to play football with him. And it's, it's a little corny, Trent. I understand the whole yeah, factor. Yep. It's a little corny, and I get that. You kind of when you're when you're looking at it, when you're with a dude and watching a game, and the two dudes go it and they if, if somebody's going to try to pick up a gal or something like that and you look at each other and you go, oh yeah I couldn't have done that I couldn't have picked her up wow well, he's got something and two guys are watching Purdy going yeah there's something there that I don't have I don't know what it is but he has something there and I'm sitting there watching that trend. And I'm going to backtrack at some point during the week, okay? So give me a second to just, can I just blab because I'm excited for what I saw from him. Does this mean he's going to be an NFL quarterback? I don't know. But I love the fact that he has, he has mobility, Trent. That he brings something and puts up some fear into the defense that the other quarterbacks wouldn't. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. And we thought that guy was going to be Real Mitchell. Like, I, I knew Purdy had a little bit to him. He wasn't statuesque back there. I didn't realize he's as athletic as he showed on Saturday. Can you, can you really, really quick, do you mind if, and I, I trust you because I know you're an honest guy. What did you know before the season about Purdy? I knew that he had good arm and that Alabama and Texas A&M wanted him. Now, recruiting can be interesting. Look, Brock Purdy was not going to come in and take over for Tua Tungavaloa and take over that job at Alabama, but Alabama wanted him to commit. It was a real offer. 
that in itself is an eye-raising moment. But beyond that, no, I didn't know. I, I didn't know that he was this kind of talent, at least what he looked like in that night. So what I want to say is I'll probably backtrack in the next few days because that's what I do. So I, to me, I just want to go off, and I just want to have fun and go visceral on you and just have fun with you right now. Purdy looked awesome. It was something that we can see in the future. Iowa State fans are pumped beyond belief. The, the, the Cyclone fans that I have had contact with or seen on Twitter or in my family are just pumped beyond belief. This has gotten them going in the right direction. And is it just the mobile thing? What is it? I can't put my finger on it. I don't know what it is. Is it just something new that you saw? I saw him on the sideline. I saw Purdy on the sideline, uh, Trent. And I saw a guy that not only wasn't scared, he, he kind of, it didn't even seem like he even cared about the moment. Like, it was not, not only was it not too big for him, it was like, here we go. And he's smiling, laughing at his coach, laughing, you know, laughing with his teammates. Dude doesn't give a bleep. I love that kind of guy, man. The other guy, um, Zeb, I also kind of like that kind of guy. I do, too. He got, no, and I, I do like an arm, no offense, but I do like an arm, but I don't like it as much as most. But I remember him yelling, and I saw him on the field. It doesn't make him a bad guy, for gosh sake. But he was, he was F-bombing when he got sacked. Who wouldn't? You just let a 298-pound defensive end sack me, and you didn't even touch him. And he basically buried me in the ground. If he says F, I don't think any less of him. So I, I actually kind of like that. So I'm, I'm mixed up right now on what I think. But I saw some swagger out of him yesterday that out of Purdy. I, he has a certain sort of swagger, and you don't mm-hmm. – I'm, I'm talking about like Mayfield swagger. I'm yeah, talking yeah. about – Drew Tate. Am I, being a dork? am I being a dork? No, Drew Tate had that. You know, you, you can't measure it, but it was just – yeah, it's a little little attitude to it. It's great. It, it really is. And uh, earlier today during the teleconference, Matt Campbell said, if Kyle Kemp, they're still waiting on him, if he isn't ready to go, Brock will be the starter. Brock Purdy will be the starter is what Matt Campbell said early today. He said it's a little unsettled right now. I, I That's the part that I'm still struggling with. So you're telling me, if we go out this week through practice and Kyle <laughs> Kemp is ready, Kyle <laughs> Kemp, the, the knee's fine, he is ready to go, he's out there, he's able to do everything, that you're going to start Kyle Kemp over what we saw from Purdy on Saturday, I don't know if I can believe that. This is this is what's fun. God, this is fun. Is that is this not fun? Mm-hmm. So we can sit here and pretend we don't know what's going on in practice. No, no. But I don't care what's going on in practice. I w- I care what I see on the field and the moxie and the savvy and the smiling. He's not scared. This Purdy guy is not scared, and this makes me feel bad about the Kemp kid. Because he's probably going to make an NFL camp, right? I don't know. You know oh, better I think than he I. Will. Last year, he was supposed to gonna somehow make an NFL camp. I don't mean make the team. I mean actually get a shot to make get an NFL job as a quarterback. I mean, remember uh, who was our, our guy for the Detroit Lions? You know, we had CJB, and then we had you know. I mean, guys make they get chances. They don't. They're maybe not in the right system or whatever. But I love this Purdy kid, and the Cyclone fan base, from what I've seen so far, Trent, they're going to go crazy if this guy doesn't start. And I like Kemp. He's won. He's won. He's won big games. So maybe I'm being the dork. 
and maybe in two days you ask me, I'll bring on, I'll come on, and I will totally say something different. But right now, the Purdy kid, he has something. And no offense, Trent, let's, let's actually look at this realistically. There were some big windows for him at certain points. Mm-hmm. And then you get medium windows, windows, and then you get small windows. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I get you. I, I completely get you. It's going to be fun and compelling to keep an eye on this one all throughout the week and uh, find out what we find out at the quarterback spot. Running game got going a little bit because of Purdy. No David Montgomery. He uh, remains day-to-day oh, is what they're calling him. The offensive line has not been great in run blocking this year, but it was certainly better with that element of the zone read with the quarterback that can run it in yes. Brock Purdy. That made it a little bit better. And you throw David Montgomery back in the mix now, suddenly that offense goes to another level. Montgomery is a guy that when I watch, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit here and I'm going to tell you this because I know running backs, okay, Trent? There's a lot of crap I don't know, okay? I know running backs. And I am a Montgomery-like fanboy. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, I don't care what anybody says. I don't think anybody in the media knows how good he is. Do you? No, because uh, Pro Football Focus has been singing his praises for a long time. I think nationally, people do understand how good David Montgomery is. You listen. I don't think we talk about him enough, Trent. I think that guy's going to be a stud in the NFL. How about that? Okay. I think he's that good. I love him. He's had no blocking this year. Right. When somebody hands you the ball and there's somebody in your grill, what are you supposed to do, Trent? Jump over them? Right. There's... You know, what I'm saying? you know what I'm saying? You have to dig deeper on this stuff. This PFS, and they're good, but it's only as good as what they bring to the table. Is it like garbage in, garbage out? The formula is all that matters. So, uh, you know, some analytic site says you're good. Yeah. Well, how do they value stuff? This dude is a stud, and I swear to you, he is an absolute stud. And if he has any blocking whatsoever, watch what he does in the NFL. And you would think he's going to have, you would hope, an offensive line in front of him at the NFL, though that's also not a sure thing. Well, Saquon doesn't. Right. And he's still averaging 4.4 yards per carry. That offensive line is an absolute joke. And that's why I didn't want him to go there. Because I'm like, oh, well, then they'll think, the who's the Ohio State running back? Uh, Zeke from uh, the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Who's better, Zeke or Saquon? Behind the, behind the same offensive line, who's better, Zeke? Elliot or Saquon Barkley? I'd take Saquon Barkley right now. Thank you. Yeah. Who's better, Barry Sanders or Emmett Smith beyond the same offensive oh, line? That's not close. It's Barry Sanders by a, a mile. Emmett Smith is one of the most overrated players in NFL history. He's good, but the all time leading rusher and all those things, uh, I don't know if he would be in my top 10 of all time NFL running backs. And I, I, I'm always trying to figure out your hot take definition. <laughs> but that's a fun little take, I think. Because I, I don't think it's crazy what you're saying. I mean, Dickers, I mean, there's a lot of running backs that were good in the NFL threat. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's like, I don't even know what a hot take means. So I'll have to let, I'll leave that up to you. That's, yeah, it was probably a hot take. I, you got me. You got me. Is it? it? Hot why take. is that a hot take? Explain why. Because Emmitt Smith is the all-time leading rusher. And when he was out and he was going through that salary dispute and he sat out the first couple of days and the Cowboys lost both games. And... So you can point to that one. Walter Payton, Barry Sanders, LaDainian Tomlinson, Eric Dickerson, AP when he was right, Marshall Falk, Jim Brown. I, 
All Dude, those guys. You, I- just, you pulled that off the top of your head. And LaJamia Tomlin, Tomlinson, I think, is like the most underrated running back yeah. of all time. What he did, when I saw him in his first couple years, I'm like, there is nothing there. He got every yard that was there. So I look for that, Trent. I don't know what you look for. Like, if a running back, like, they're killing um, Eli Manning right now. Mm-hmm. And it may be his fault. I don't know. But his offensive line sucks. Right. Absolutely sucks. So I'm sitting here watching ESPN and Fox and all these. They're killing him. Give him some time, and he might actually be good. This is a different era in football where you, where you don't hit. So he can actually go longer. He can go to his 40s, right? You brought up running backs, and I want to shift our attention over to Iowa. Iowa gets the win against Minnesota. Nate Stanley outside of that low, that throw late in the first half. Thought he was really good throughout most of the game, but the running game again has not been able to get untracked. So Ivory Kelly Martin, who is averaging for the season 3.6 yards per carry, carried it 20 times for 47 yards. Real quick, was it there, Trent, or no? Well, they had three backs. Is he getting every yard yard that is there or no? Are you bashing the running backs or what are you bashing? Well, that's what I'm asking you. Where where should we go? Torn Young? Makai Sargent, Ivory Kelly Martin. Young has the best numbers in a per carry basis. Yeah, that's weak. That's weak, Trent. At 5.3. Yeah, we see Ivory Kelly Martin and Makai Sargent a lot more early in the games. Is it an offensive line problem? Is it a scheme problem? What is it? Why hasn't Iowa's running game gotten on track? And it hasn't been. Our yards per carry isn't very good Mm -mm. for the last few years, right, Trent? No. I mean, we have not seen, like, stuff that we've – yards per carry. I love yards per carry when it's big. And we don't have a good Iowa does not have. And I say Iowa State, we too. Frank, get off my bleep, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I do. I say we too. But um, I'm a little worried about Iowa State – or Iowa's yards per carry. That does not make sense that we have so many offensive linemen in the NFL. We have coaches that – emphasis on the offensive line, and we still, Iowa still has that problem. I don't get that. I can't put that into words. I want to talk to somebody that knows more than me on that, Trent, and I'm going to try to find somebody. I actually know people that know people, so I'm going to talk to them and find out. Do you pretend to know offensive line play? Because I'm, I'm not going to sit here and act like I do, Trent. I, I pretend I do, but... Do I knew this? Yeah. Well, please explain. Go. <laughs> well, do I all know all the nuances of things? No, no please go. Not. Please go, sir. No, it just it hasn't been good. And you look at the outside zone hasn't worked. When I was run the football most effectively the last two years, it's been when they went away from the zone blocking scheme in the outside zone. Yeah. And when yep. they've been going more hat on hat, man on man, mano e mano, and running power plays out of that, that's when they've been more effective. So maybe it is with the changing in college football and the speed out there defensively from defensive end and linebackers. I don't want to say the zone scheme is a relic, but I think it's Do you know that, or is that your eyes? Do that's, you know that's that for my a eyes. fact? Or do you analyze numbers, do you know that, or is that your eyes? And I appreciate the eyes thing. It's fine. I love the eyes thing, too, man. What do you mean? I was averaging 3.8 yards a carry. Okay. My eyes aren't telling me that. That's what the numbers say. That's not good enough for Iowa. No, I mean... Zone versus man-on-man is what I'm mean. helmet, 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 helmet,
when that would be almost impossible for the analytics to do. Right. <laughs> no, I get what you're saying, man. I totally do. I, I just think our offensive line has been overrated for a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. We're not that good. And our, our yards per carry has not been that good for a long time. Why? And that's when I want to ask the um, high school coach that you know, Trent, the guy that you have a background in, Valley, Dowling, mm-hmm. Waukee, whatever. The guys, I just want to sit down and have a beer with them and go, what's going on here? Why are we? Why is the offense of OLU, the offensive line university, Iowa, only averaging that? You tell me. That's what I want to know, Trent. It's a good question. And uh, right now it's difficult to get a read on it. Do you point at line? Do you point at scheme? Do you point at the running backs? And I think there's questions for all of them. But moving away from the, the negative here, to the positive. I, <laughs> wait, wait, it's Monday. I thought we stayed with the negative on Monday, Trent. <laughs> they go on the road for the first time this year, never really in doubt against Minnesota. I don't think the Gophers are very good. In fact, I think this game this weekend at Indiana is going to be much more difficult than what happened against the Gophers. But they're 4-1, and one. Uh, yet it still feels like, I don't know, a year where this is going to go down. I don't think the Wisconsin Badgers are very good. I, watching them again against Nebraska, I just it's not a great Wisconsin team. That game was there for the taking. Iowa could very well go 10-2 and two this year, not play in Indianapolis, and it feels like a disappointing year in a way. Would you agree with that? Um, so they would lose to Penn State and lose, you mean lose the rest of the game, is that what you mean, and then win the bowl game? Yeah, just lose to Penn State, win everything else. Yet at 10-2, and two, it could feel like a bit of a disappointment because they didn't get over that Wisconsin hurdle. I mean, you'd have to define disappointment. No. They didn't play in Indianapolis. Wisconsin's so, still the power of the West. So we're going, like, hard, hard, hardcore here. Mm-hmm. I don't blame you, and I love that about Hawkeye fans, and you're also a realist and love Kirk Ferentz, so I know that about you. At least I think I do. Maybe you're, maybe you're just and, and ten, 10 and 2 should never be disappointing for an Iowa football season, but I feel like it'd be that way. If Wisconsin's sitting there at 7-2 and two at the end of the year and they have the tiebreaker and they go to Indianapolis and Iowa doesn't, I feel like they let one slip away. I just think they're better than Wisconsin. But, Trent, there are so many games, and you have to look at it like this, okay, as a realist, okay? I don't know on Monday we want to do this, but I'm going to be the realist, okay? It's going to be me. This is who I am right now. Sometimes i got to be a realist. Okay. Sometimes, I mean, there's a lot of games left. Purdue has some, you know, Purdue ain't bad, okay? Northwestern hates us, and they put, like, the target on Iowa. Yes. Okay? There are games out there for Iowa to lose. So I don't know what – what would you put on the over-under for Iowa to lose the rest of the game this season? You understand? There's a little – I mean, we can sit here and say 10-2. and two. Oh, we should go 10-2. and two. Iowa should go 10-2. and two. If they go 10-2, and two, Trent, and win the bowl game, they're in the top ten. That's awesome. So quit being so negative, dude. Seriously. That Wisconsin loss just still bothers me. That's all it is. That's all it is. You know what? Just be a human. I like that. Actually, never mind. I don't mean don't be negative. Actually, be a human being. Thank you. It bothers me. Bothers me. And it'll probably bother me all season long. But How's the top ten finish feel? 
if it gets to that point, uh, the conversation's different. I agree with you there. It'd be a different conversation. And, and you're, you're adding an extra element there that I didn't have with Iowa winning the bowl game. And, and at 10-2, and two, and the way the fan base travels, they very well might be playing in one of those major bowl games. And they might be would, we not, would Iowa fans not be pumped for that bowl game? And you know, every single time you go into a bowl game, Trent, it's a lot, and, and this is kind of sad, it is sad, Trent, but a lot of it depends on who wants to be there. And the Hawkeye fan base will go there, be pumped, drink lots of beer, lots of Hawkeye vodka, and get down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. They will. They'll totally get down, and they'll want to win that game. And if Iowa finishes in the top ten, what's that, six out of the last, what, since 2002, right? Yeah, six out of 20 six seasons. more than Nebraska, my brother. Well, of course. Doesn't take much to be better than them. <laughs> Come on, at least stop with. I understand we want to be the best ever. We want to win a national championship, Trent. But you have to at least take a deep breath, right? Mm-hmm. Take a deep breath, man. That game sucks against Wisconsin. You and I both agree, and I've never heard the Iowa media again. I told you at the time, I've never. I tweeted it out at halftime. I go, Iowa may not win, but they're the better team. And then all of a sudden, everybody starts saying this. Nobody in the media says this, Trent. Nobody. Nobody says in this Iowa media that, for some reason, I don't know what like radio school you guys went to, but you're not allowed to say that the team that lost was the better team. And everybody started saying it, Trent. It was cool. Iowa was the better team. And you went back and forth whether you felt good about that or felt bad about that or felt good about that. Iowa was the better team. You started off as you felt bad about that. I'm not. Sh- I think you probably still feel bad about that. But it's kind of cool going forward. Iowa's got a good team, Trent. They do. They have a good freaking team. There's no joke. They have a good team. This is not a joke of a team. So can Iowa beat Penn State? Hell yeah. Finally for you, Wolfgang. We go to your other team, another we for you, and that is Oklahoma. They part ways. Are you really going here, Trent? With their defensive coordinator, Mike Stoops, <laughs> a former Hawkeye fired by your boyfriend, Lincoln Riley. Your thoughts? This is bull bleep. This uh, is ab. I, I'm getting a little emotional. This is bull bleep. I'm pissed. I, I, I guess. No, it's. I don't. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be fired. It's the middle of the. It's what. Week six? Week five? Week six? Yeah. This is a joke. You don't fire a college coach whose brother brought you a national championship. This is a joke, Trent. You go. Am I wrong? And then I'll go. You tell me. You don't fire a guy whose brother brought you a national championship. Where have you ever heard of that before? A college coach getting fired midseason? That's ridiculous, dude. Seriously. It happens all the time. Texas did it Tell a few me. years Go, back. Go, please. Tell me five. Go. Texas did it a few years back. This this happens a lot. It's Defenses are bad. I mean, it just happened. Oh, what was it? Somebody asked uh, UConn coach uh, Randy Etzel about a firing. He got pissed and walked out of the press conference. This happens, it happens on a yearly basis. And they were obliterated by Texas. The defense Obliterated? Had- obliterated? It was a three-point game. What do you mean? They gave up 48. He wasn't coach of the offense. He doesn't get credit for that. He's a defensive coordinator in the Faster defense. Faster pace. Let's look at efficiency. 
okay, we keep looking at that points and we look at the Big 12. Efficiency is a weird thing that I've always looked at in Big 12 in basketball trends. Have you looked at efficiency much on offense and defense? Have you looked at much that much? I'm going to guess it's a lot better than it used to be. <laughs> I just, there's some Hawkeye in me, I'll be honest with you, and some, yeah. some connections there with Stoops. Okay, so I'll, I'll be honest, I'm a little pissed. A um, little biased there, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't know much, um, and you said I was wrong, so you said I was wrong on that. I don't know many times that a coach has been fired six games in, and uh, and the head coach, who is his brother, brought him a national championship, and just wait till the end of the season. I think that's rude. I think that's jerkish, and I, I'm not happy. And I'm probably not rooting for Oklahoma the rest of the year. Oh, pissed off. look at that. Yeah, pissed off. Pissed off. Can't wait. Next weekend, I'm going to pull up my camera phone, and this is going to be a reality show. <laughs> I'm going to crack on that, man. You don't do that midseason. That's, that's, that's rude. That's, that's not good. You don't do that. Kirk is going to – all right, real quick. Kirk going to fire somebody midseason unless they go off no. in a meeting no. and just go no. – tell me why, Trent. Because he's different and expectations that I were different. Wow. Oh, oh, Tiff totally agrees with you. Tiff, you're on – all right, you and Tiff can go out on a date night. <laughs> all right, you take Tara out, I'll take Tiff out, and we'll uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it next week. We'll that would be – we will end our conversation right there and put a pin on things. <laughs> Hopefully you're over Mark Stoops, uh, Mike Stoops by, by Friday show. We'll talk again then. Yeah, I'm not happy. Thank you, Trent. See you, buddy. There's Wolfgang checking in with us as he does here on the program. And as mentioned, more to come. We'll have an announcement tomorrow at 1245. Quick timeout. We put a, pre- a cap on things. Coming up on the other side, take it up until 6 o'clock. Trent Cotton and back with you more in a moment. Trent Cotton and back with you one final time. Just a minute to go here as we wrap things up on a Monday. A lot of good Hawkeye and Cyclone talk today. If you miss any portion of the program, you can always go back. Find us, Jimmy B and TC, on iTunes, Spotify, all over the place. Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. You can always hear things there. Also, myself and Ken over the noon hour. And as we talked about, some big changes Coming up, uh, we will announce a little bit that's going to be happening. Uh, coming your way, 1245 tomorrow. Ken and myself will be talking about that. Tonight, we got Monday Night Football. Like the points with Washington, not a big play on that one. Red Sox, Yankees don't have a, a feeling one way or the other. I'm just looking for some good baseball here this evening. That's on the agenda tonight. We'll have the call Monday Night Football here every Monday night, Thursday night, Sunday night football game. We have it for you here on 1700. Thanks, everybody out there for listening in. Back at it tomorrow starting at noon. Myself and Ken Miller. And on your drive home from 4 until 6 with Jimmy B and TC. A Hawkeye huddle tomorrow with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge. They'll be in from 5 until 6 o'clock. Enjoy the world of sports tonight. We will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening.